Welcome to the Long Come Norwich podcast, a fortifying foray into the fortunes of the football team that just won 4-0. Fionn and Punt are with me to talk about a stonking start on Saturday. How was Deepdale at the weekend, Fionn? It was good. Um, yeah, I, I have to say, when I was at uh, Luton on Boxing Day, uh, I, I'd sort of made a pact then that I wouldn't go again until Dean Smith was gone, um, and then he was. Uh, so I bought my ticket for Preston, um, and yeah, uh, I was hoping to see an improvement um, based on him having had a week on the training ground and all those pictures of them training in the dark. Which uh, which felt like something quite exciting, floodlit training, uh, nice. double sessions. Um, but I was still kind of I wasn't I wasn't expecting uh, to us to have made quite such a, a change um, in that time. Um, I suppose we do ha- kind of have to bear in mind that Preston's home form, in particular, is very bad, and their fans were getting pretty. I wouldn't say mutinous, but they were pretty disgruntled, um, particularly when we went 3-0 up after half an hour or whatever it was. Um, so, yeah, I think it, it, we do kind of have to keep our feet on the ground that it was only one game. But I just saw so much improvement um, in a lot of areas of the pitch. Um, the players seemed happier. Uh, the The intensity was much better. Um, the number of shots... Uh, packing the box with players. I mean, just, yeah, everyone, everyone's seen the highlights, everyone's seen the game. Um, yeah, it was just like a different team, really. Um, so, yeah, it was, a, it was a very good day out. Yeah, I, I, on that point, we said on the uh, unveiling of Wagner uh, pod that one of the things we wanted to see was either people complaining about the training regime or, or uh, you know, early on in, in this week that we just had leading up to Preston, something about having them hopping up mouse hold or some kind of training thing. And we got that, which is great. And um, uh, to, to your point, the, the the reason I'm not too worried about it only being one game, and yes, Preston, I mean, the boos were, I, I was following on the, on the radio um, and the boos were drowning out Gorham after the third goal. I mean, I mean they were cross um which is great um and i and i think that feeds I, I, that's a prime example we talked about booze not long ago on the podcast with obviously with the smith era um i really think booze feed the opposition because there's nothing more funny especially of opposition fans nothing more funny than the home fans turning because you think oh we're, this is you know that's, that's got to be so hard for them to play play in but the reason i'm not so worried about it being just a one-off thing is because to your point fion there are so many areas of the pitch where there were we were lacking under Smith, and they seem to have been, and not just one off. It wasn't like a lucky break. It wasn't oh, a couple of times Hernandez did this, or a couple of times we loaded the box. We constantly had seven yellow shirts in in the box. You know, we constantly were um, doubling up in areas and having wingers all of a sudden finding themselves in the middle of the attacking third. You know, and it happened so often that you thought that cannot just be the way Preston are letting us play. That can't just be you know, luck, that, that, that there's clearly some shape and some system. And I think to, to get that much in the first game punt, uh, in after only a few sessions or double sessions, it's really, you've got to take your hat off to him. Yeah, and it was it was incredible that actually 
we've got some identity already. So the the fact that we lacked identity for the best part of thirteen months or however long Dean Smith's tenure was was the main bugbear of main of most Norwich fans, wasn't it? It was just the fact that we don't know what we're watching, we don't know what the the players are supposed to execute, we just don't know what Norwich are anymore. And it kind of felt like, and yes, completely, you know, kind of getting carried away with with myself here, but it felt like we had a bit of our Norwich back. It felt like we knew what the plan might be. And Wagner was really at pains to to talk about that beforehand and to talk about the fact that, yeah, we're going to be attacking and we're going to be throwing men forward and, you know, it's not going to work right away, even though it did. But, you know, it he he was quite clear about what he was trying to achieve. And it was just, it was almost like this beautiful kind of chaotic thing that, that just emerged, you know, that, that there was six or seven people in the box and we were certainly attacking with with five at most times i mean the fact that he max was bombing on as much as he has yeah. this season full stop you know probably if you if you looked at all of his forays into the the opposition half he probably doubled them within the space of 90 minutes it was quite clearly ridiculous the fact that you know dimi Yanoulis was was let off the leash and, and allowed to do the same thing you know they weren't fullbacks they were wingers essentially it was almost like we were playing two, three, five, you know, kind of old school nineteen fifties formation. It, it was, it was that daft in terms of the numbers that we were throwing forward. But there was an element of control to it. There was an element of tactical nuance. I mean, we need to talk about Kenny McLean because you regularly praise him and I regularly slag him off. But he has been phenomenal for the last two games, and it was, it's actually probably, I think one of the best things that Wagner has done because over the last, well, let's like say 13 months, we've really struggled to play out from the back, especially this season. We have pretty much not been able to play out from the back at all. And, and we've been architects of our own downfall, but the fact that he's split the center backs and he's allowed Kenny to drop and almost into this quarterback role. I don't know why anyone hasn't thought of it before because he just Very looks David so Fox like basically, isn't it? Mm. He looks so, yeah, yeah, but but almost, you know, kind of completely withdrawn, you know, kind of um, even further back, almost playing as a third centre-back. And, and then, you know, you've got wing-backs. The, the system in itself is relatively flexible. But like I say, it was just, it just really nice to have our Norwich back and to have the players have the spring in their step again. So you looked at someone like Pukki, He's a completely different animal. You know, he was that different animal that Dean Smith was maybe searching for at the end of his tenure. He was back to being, you know, the proper goat. And then you had someone like Kieran Dowell, who's who's brought in, you know, kind of from the sidelines and immediately just looks like the type of player that we've needed. And Wagner talks about him afterwards and, and you know, kind of almost extolled the virtues of of him going forward as an attacking force but said but we've got loads of work to do with him off the ball you know and defensively it or the the thing that pleased Wagner the most was the tackle that that Dowell had put in you know kind of midway mm-hmm. through the second half or something you know like actually he really knows what he wants to do with these players he absolutely knows what the deficiencies still are I would hope and you know the fact that we've done that after one game is is quite frankly ridiculous so yeah I am getting carried away a little bit yes you're right Fionn it is just Preston and it is a Preston who were in woeful form at home but we were really really good and I think if we if we did that against any team in the championship we you know should be more than a match for most but to, to the point of getting carried away I think because it was so 
routine or rather regular and it kept happening all these positive changes that we're talking about um the, you you can get carried away with how much he's managed to get a system and a philosophy into players in you know a week and two you know nine days or whatever nine calendar days eight calendar days um you can you can say ah oh, but it went as well as it did from a results point of view as in you know four goals and and, and a clean sheet and three points great save from from cruel in there by the way um you can say that it went as well as it did because Preston were poor, but you, but you know, there's absolutely no getting away from the positivity. Um, I actually felt emotional on Saturday in the second half, listening to Chris Gorham talking about how much of a kind of night and day it was and how much in terms of, it's not necessarily our knowledge because, you know, you're already seeing signs that are different from Farkas football and football we've played in the past. But you're, you're, just the fact that we've got something that you can point to and go, oh yeah, Norwich play like that. And it's and it's a nice way to, to point out and look at. Um, I, I just, it's, I don't think I realised how miserable, even despite having a podcast that we, we moan on, I don't think I realised quite how sad it had made me that we were playing such soulless, unidentifiable football in inverted commas until finally we've got something to look at. I mean, you're nodding your head for and you, you go away. I mean, what, what was the vibe like in the, in, in the away end at Deepdale with regards to rubbing your eyes and you know, pinching each other that this is really happening? Yeah, I think certainly with the, the first two goals coming so quickly after each other, uh, that, that was the sort of disbelief moment. Um, yeah, it's, it was like you say, it's, 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 it's playing in a way to the strengths of the players. Like, um, like my favourite of the goals was the third goal um, with the. Well, actually, no, I like the fourth goal as well. Maybe, maybe they're joint. But the third goal, when um, was it Sergeant who played the three ball through to Pookie, who then squares it for Dowell. And it just when was the last time someone played a ball like that to Pookie? And yeah. it just if you do that, he's going to score from it. He's either going to take it on himself, or he's going to do what he did really smartly on Saturday and and square it for for the guy with the open goal. And um, yeah, it just it's just so simple. And we've been saying for well pretty much for the last over a year you know we need to feed Pookie in that way because you know he's not he's not lost anything mm. when you compare to sort of his previous championship seasons he'll always score if you give him service like that um and yeah it was just it was it was the it was the having the the wingers pushing up I thought Dimmy was brilliant I thought Max was superb um and just everyone pushing up the field and it just they just seems to have I don't know so much more I don't know if it's freedom but they just they just they just seem to be to be trying that trying that a lot more, and it yeah, it just it just pays off when it does that. So yeah, um, it was a it was it was it was nice as well to win a game comfortably because yeah. even even when we had the winning run earlier in the season, I think was it only the Millwall home game that we won by sort of clear goals, and the rest were all very um, all very tight and and nervy at the end sometimes. And um, so yeah, it was it was just kind of. Nice to sort of enjoy it, really. Um, yeah, with, I, I think with that, no stress. That fourth goal, I think, is probably my favourite, just because it was uh, there. He is, you know, it, it was just that was, it was, you know, wind the clock back a couple of years and then another couple of years. That is, how many times have we seen a goal like that where you think, well, this guy's going to kick him up in the? Oh no, he's gone. He's turned him. He's turned him inside out, and now he's the other side of him. It was just, it was just Pookie doing what Pookie does. Um, it, it, it was, it was magic to to look forward to to watching the highlights and um, the, the the clips and the things that I've seen since. Um, just kind of back up 
you know, what you've been saying, Fionn, with regards to the um, the, the bombing forward and um, the playing out. I and mean, I think to, to your point on the third goal, I think it was was that the one that came from a Kenny McLean back heel in his own No, box? that oh, was yes, the was fourth. That I was the fourth was one, it, right. Okay. Max pinged it up. Yeah. Nice. But, I mean, again, to your point, Punt, the, the fact that we've got Kenny playing that deeply and create, you know, and and being told that he's allowed to to create. I mean, I, I've you know, I've been been a huge fan of his. I've only there's only really been a couple of performances of his that I've ever really thought he was more the problem than anyone else around him. I, I, I think he's been a scapegoat, and I've never never understood it besides the fact that there always has to be one. And and you know, on on games where he's had a five and a half or a six. I think you could also pick at least seven other players that have had a five and a half and a six. Like I say, without there's a couple of exceptions where he might have had a bit of a bit of a bad one. But I, I think I literally just think it's one of those things. If you stare at a player in a negative light for long enough, you're going to find mistakes. Um, and and you know I, th- I think he does far more for good than harm. And it's so I'm delighted that <clears throat> you know Wagner has got good results straight away. So talking about the momentum pump, we've got two two more games coming up that are similar to Preston in that, you know, Coventry and Birmingham, the next two Saturdays, they are both teams that haven't uh, won in four. Um, Birmingham have lost their last four. So Let's see if we play Birmingham at all, though, because they're um, that'll be off if they would go through in the FA Cup and they're playing, what, Forest Green, is it? So I, I would I would imagine, like, without, you know, being disrespectful to Forest Green, it's probably Cov and then Burnley. Well, I just lost their CEO, uh, Forrest Green, so could uns- could unsettle them. Um, yeah, <laughs> I, I I will. Um, okay, so maybe not Birmingham, but I mean, then we get a week off to to learn, get even fitter, um, and yeah, learn more about Wagner. And um, I mean, personally, it would really really suit me if that game was was moved because I've got a bit of a quick dash after the game to get somewhere, so it would help me. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, Coventry, they, they haven't. They, they've. Uh, I think it's. Um, one draw and three losses or something in the last four. They're really, really not in good, good spot of form at the moment. And in theory, we go into that game with all of the momentum and all the positivity, another week of training, another week of fitness. You know, surely we've got to feel really positive about, um, you know, keeping in touch, if not breaking into that top six, John. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think it will be interesting because we will have a week off and most of the other teams will play. And if they put points on the board and we're playing catch up, then look, you know, Wagner's talks about, you know, hunting and, and maybe wanting to come out of the pack and, and, you know, kind of go into the playoff picture. There's, as we said on the last pod, there's no reason we can't. It's just, I didn't think we would. And I, it was because I didn't think we could be dramatically turned around in the way that we have for one game. And it is one game. And this is where we, we shouldn't get carried away. But if we play like that every week, look, we're going to be top six. There's there's no doubt about it. It's just that's the big if. And I think the bit that I hadn't considered is Wagner's football is going to be massively, and you know, Fionn used the word earlier, but it's going to be massively dependent on intensity. And we're going to need the players to be really well drilled to execute the plan, but also to be really fit. And I kind of maybe naively thought without looking at the fixture list that it's Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday, Tuesday. Actually, it isn't Saturday, Tuesday no, for a while. Fine. It not is just re- weekend fixtures. So it's not you know, your usual championship fodder because we've done Saturday, Tuesday for almost every week prior to the World Cup break. So, you know, the fact that we will only have games on a weekend should be a massive benefit to us now to to get, you know, kind of a bit more fitness in the legs, to get that, in, or to get those intensity levels to a point where, we can continue to be really effective. And Wagner's teams always have been streaky, you know, kind of be it positively or negatively. 
we just need to ride that positive streak if we can. If we can start to build up some kind of momentum, um, you know, even going at two points a game, I think is still going to be a, a tough ask for us. But if we do, we'll be in the playoff picture, no, no problem at all. No, so, but you said you yeah, said I, you, you said you have to play like that every week. We don't. We need to play like that every other week. Now we can afford to be dreadful every other game. And obviously, like you say, streakiness of Wagner is that he tends to do six good and or five bad or whatever. But um, you know the. I was making the point after the appointment of Wagner that it would be a disaster and a failure, I think, of him with this squad. Um, I didn't think he would give us as good a showing as we got at the weekend. But I, I, I just simply think thought that one game out of the, the, the playoffs, it's just too small a gap to how irrelevant of normally it's this, this, this year, this season, it might be 75 or whatever, or, you know, normally it needs to be two, two wins a game between now and then together. I, I just think based on how topsy-turvy this championship is, like look at the Blackburn getting humped last week. Um, you know, I just think most of the, was it 4-0 got beat at the weekend um, by, by Rotherham? You know, that, you know, there. I just think there are enough results like that 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 will that will help Norwich out. Bearing in mind they are currently sitting seventh, um, and you know, I think it's something like seven best defensive record, seven, seventh best scoring record, something around that. So, you know, we deserve to be where we are. I, I don't I, think I, Blackburn I think will be in the playoff picture, though. I think that's the difference. I well, don't I've, think I've they're that good. I don't I've think they're been, very good I've at all. I've been so unimpressed with them, and they've they've strolled past Norwich twice. You know, yeah. in, in front of me <laughs> without getting out of first gear. Um, uh, but anyway, look, um, Fionn, In terms of the in terms of the big call that, that that took place at the weekend, how surprised were you at, at two o'clock that there was a different person between the sticks than maybe we were expecting? Yeah, I was. When I was surprised, um, and I'm still kind of on the fence about it. I I feel it is it is harsh on Angus. I think because he hasn't really done a great deal wrong. Um, but then I just I just wonder if it's maybe to do with the the sort of like we were saying the intensity and, and almost the aggression that we saw sometimes in sort of snapping into some of those tackles um I think Tim is as a keeper is more he's he's certainly more vocal on the pitch he yeah. sort of he sort of gets gets involved more um you know not always a good thing if he's sort of piling into like when it all kicks off and stuff but maybe that was part of the thinking um I mean, his distribution wasn't great in the game. We like, I think it was just before half time. Preston, when it was three nil, they made their double sub, yeah. and then in the sort of ten minutes before half time, um, they really should have got one back, at least one, because there was uh, they had several chances, and one of them came directly from a a cruel a cruel bit of distribution that um, that that fell short. And I think it was Kenny who who made the block. Um, so yeah, it wasn't. It wasn't a perfect performance. Um, obviously, as we said, he did make some good saves as well. But um, yeah, it's. I think. I mean, he'll keep his place now. I, th- I would think, you know. But it's. It does seem a bit harsh on Angus because um, you know he, he he played well in a poor team. Really, it wasn't his fault that that the results were poor in the last couple of months or whenever. So. No, I agree. Yeah, I, he made some good saves as well at times. That he made some of the. You were talking about games being close including in the in the, the period when we were losing and drawing yeah, there were games where we would have lost by a lot a lot worse if it wasn't for for gun save i mean it will speaking of keeping his place after a 4-0 win it will be even more bizarre if he then goes to angus <laughs> for commentary because then you really will think well what are you basing this on is it like a magic eight ball um so i, I mean look he's it, it might be that he went total reset i'm going to go with the you know the club's number one um and you know you are you are based. No one's made a, no one's made a mistake yet on my watch. You I you know maybe he saw some things in the Blackburn game that 
that made you know the FA Cup game that made him feel like actually, um, I, you know, I'm going to completely reset. I mean, Angus has obviously been in and out of teams his whole career, really. Um, so it'll be interesting. You you would therefore assume that he's 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 built up a bit of a thick skin and he's built up a bit of a long term mentality that you know his chance will come again. Um, you'd hope that wouldn't sort of affect him too negatively, but I, I completely agree. It was, it, it, it seems strange to, that's one of the things that I would really like to hear. And I don't know if I've missed it, but I, I haven't seen that decision explained. I think there was enough to talk about on Saturday evening with the local press lads that that, that didn't come up unless you guys have seen he, he it. He talked about it. He talks about it briefly. And I think it was, it might've been Paddy from, from right, local okay. boys that had asked about it, but he was very much, uh, we've both, we've got two very good goalkeepers um, I've spoken to them both. I'll keep those conversations private, but Tim is the one I went with. And I think he even said like the one I went with this week, you know, almost indicating that that he might chop and change. But you just can't see that goalkeeper is a position that you would. No. And I think, you know, as, as you're saying, Fiona, I think maybe it's his characteristics, it's Krull's characteristics, because Gunn never really gives me the impression, like terrific shot stopper that he is. Yeah. Doesn't really seem like he commands a box or you know he leads a defence. Um, but actually, I think Angus's distribution has been better than than Tim's. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. That, that, yeah. that, that's that's what I don't. That's the only bit. That's the bit where I'd be like, well, he's he's had an obvious edge over Tim Krull. But then if we look at Krull's distribution, eighteen nineteen, it it was brilliant. And yeah. I just wonder whether you know David Wagner, much like Daniel Farker, is going to ask his goalkeepers to be brave and. Cruel is maybe that man. Maybe it, maybe it is just, you know, kind of around personality types that he wants in the team. Because mm. Cruel is, you know, look, he's a big leader in that dressing room. There is no doubt about that. You see the way in which he interacts with players on the pitch and off the pitch. And, you know, like fans off the pitch as well. Like he is someone who gets the football club and cares about the football club and nurtures his teammates around him. So maybe that's the kind of thing that we've been missing. Dean Smith's teams have been bland as fuck and maybe yeah. we just need you know a bit of bravery and a bit of charisma and i would definitely say that tim has got the edge on angus in that regard i mean you wouldn't even it was say quite vanilla. funny though to see um not funny that's not the word for it but yeah brian's reaction on twitter afterwards you know not you know when the announcement was made you know and the bit the tweets that he was liking i was just like oh the gun family have not taken that well, you know, that being dropped and uh, fairly like if you were a family member of Angus, you would be, you would be pissed because it was still, even now, like, as you say, Fionn, it's still a situation where you just, I don't, don't really know where that's come from. It hasn't been based on merit, has it, you know, in terms of no, or goalkeeping merit. Well, you don't see, you know, you don't know what goes on up Colney, Neil, but at the same time, you can't imagine Angus has, has turned in such bad performances you know, for for a few days that that you know that he he's not done. I mean, likewise, fitness wise, you'd be astonished if there was that big a difference. Like they haven't got to run far, have they? So I don't know. I, it, it is a strange one, and one to monitor. And and to your point about you know Brian getting cross, you you don't know if you, you don't want any cliques in the camp where actually there's there's two or three that are really close friends of Angus, and and you don't mm. necessarily want them to, to be annoyed, but. You know, we've seen the camaraderie and the togetherness of that back five with people coming in and out of it. You know, Cruel does seem genuine. Like the, the, the congratulations that happens when, you know, when he made that really big save in the second half where he tipped it over the bar. Um, you know, that was, uh, you know, there was a lot of lot of people going to him and congratulating him then. Um, but OK, let's look, let's look forward then. 
Um, Fionn, I would like a guaranteed scoreline and a guaranteed scorer for Saturday. Okay. Um, so I think we are going to win at Coventry. We are. But I think it'll be a bit tighter than uh, Saturday just gone. Um, so I'm going to go for 2-1. And I think the guaranteed scorer, I think Pookie again, because now we know what to do, which we yeah. knew anyway. Just yeah. play it through to him. And yeah, we, we need to get Pookie to 100 goals. So uh, we just we just need to give him the ball all the time. Yeah, I'm with you there. Punty? Yeah, I was going to go similar. I think it will be tighter. I'm sure it'll be tighter. Mark Robbins runs a fairly tight ship in, in that regard, regardless of their recent form. You know, kind of, I think they will be up for this. I, I was going to say 2-0, maybe another cruel clean sheet, and a, a Gabby Sarah thunder bastard. Oh, okay, I like that you also give me an adjective or a, or, or a type of goal. Um, they've scored. They've conceded fewer than us, Coventry, and they're one of the tighter, tighter ones in the division. Um, so I'm only going to go three one. Uh, just the three. Yeah, just the three. Because <laughs> I, I think it's time for for, for a long come Norwich to uh, to turn up and, and knock some goals through. And, and I will also go with Timu because water is wet. Um, and the goat scores goals. That's just what happens. Um, listener questions, John. We've had a few. We have had a few, although they're, they're kind of all around a theme of um, David Wagner. So we'll start with... Funny that. Yeah, weird. Uh, we'll start with our friend Elizabeth Coldwell, who says, um, what made the big difference? How did it get turned around so quickly? Um, is it the manager's personality? The team just needed a lift? New formation? I mean, she's putting forward lots of answers that we might come up with as well or as she says is it just the new manager bounce should we not relax just yet Fionn you were you were there um what do you think was the biggest thing that changed um I think it was just the like yeah like I said just the intensity and everything we did um uh it just felt like we were snapping into tackles a lot quicker we were closing down a lot quicker um when we when we when we were in possession, um, we were moving the ball quicker. I think it felt like there were more there were more options for passes. Like I've I've watched games in the last couple of months where someone's got the ball in midfield and they're just sort of looking around for a pass and no one wants it. Whereas whereas now, yeah, everyone was everyone was moving for the ball a lot quicker. Um, we were taking a lot more shots as well. Again, there was there were times before when you, you'd just be begging someone to have a shot and they wouldn't and uh it, it was just incredibly frustrating um but yeah we we i mean it's the black i didn't see the blackburn game last week but um not to go all dean smith on statistics but the shot count on both those games is way beyond what we've had on on recent games um and yeah i think there's a bit of new manager bounce in there as well isn't there it's it's kind of a fresh start um i mean there were people in the concourse at half time on saturday singing about dean smith and i just sort of thought okay it's kind of funny the first time you're singing dean smith your football was shit that's kind of funny but and then it, when it's the the second or third or fourth chant about him um i just think you know it's time to move on we're we're 3-0 up at half time we've got a new manager uh it's it's time to sort of forget that and uh and and let's just see where we go with this. Um, but yeah, I just think they'll have had a sort of uh, a week of of a lot of new stuff by the look of it. Like I say, the double sessions and stuff like that. It seems like that's all. That's quite a change up, and I think it just it just energizes everyone really. Um, so yeah, we'll we'll see how it goes, you know. But um, I think 
it's 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 a combination of all those things that Elizabeth mentioned really. Talking about like energizing people, I guess the the one thing that came across loud and clear post match on the stream that I was watching was Wagner physically pushing some of the players towards the crowd and like go and appreciate them, go and recognize them. There was this, you know, kind of real sense of he gets it, he knows that that connection needs to be there. And look, he's probably had that feedback at the foot, from the football club, you know, people at the football club as well to say, look, this is this was a really disenfranchised fan base and, and part of your remit is to to fix that. Did it feel like that in the stands? Did it feel like, you know, immediately people recognised what he was doing and, and there was some kind of appreciation of that? Because it felt like it, but, you you know, without being there, it's difficult to tell. Yeah, no, definitely, um, definitely uh, everyone was in looking forward to sort of the end of the game and sort of saying you know I'd normally dash off at this point but I'll stay and watch people saying things like that uh and yeah it was it was very noticeable that he sort of hung behind all the players you know I thought he might come and give the big wave and and during the game people were singing uh Wagner give us a wave and sort of stuff like that and he was sort of doing it from the dugout uh not not in a sort of overblown way but just a sort of acknowledgement thing but then at full time yeah he could quite easily have come and given the big the big uh, Farker wave or Wagner wave or whatever we have to call it. Um, but no, he he just literally, well, first of all, he some of the players were sort of drifting back and he went and physically moved them towards the away end and then they were all nice. sort of in a line and he just again pushed them forward closer to the fans. Um, and yeah, it's, uh, yeah, of all the away games in the last year, you know, even the ones we've won really, um, I'm thinking of... Watford, and that's probably the only one we have one um, in the Premier League. Uh, but yeah, it's it's it was very noticeable that um, that yeah he was he was putting the team first and and making sure they all sort of acknowledged it. And yeah, they they got a, a brilliant reception back, of course. Um, so yeah, he's he, he's not he's not got he's he's definitely present. I think you know he's, he's obviously thought very carefully what he would do in that scenario, and given it was clear we were going to win from half an hour, he obviously had a lot of time to think about what he was going to do. Um, but yeah, it was uh, it was nice to see. It was. I wonder if it's a German thing. Um, and I, I so I wrote this quote down. I looked it up and I, I wrote it down because I thought it was worthy of talking about on the pod. But a wise man once said, "Football is a game for the fans, and it should be fun for everyone involved." Now, of course. That was the lovely Daniel Farker. But it feels like Wagner is, is kind of, I don't know, he's out of the same mould, isn't he, Tom? You know, he, he knows, he gets that. I, the football is different, but he gets yeah. how it should feel for the supporters. Yeah, I mean, like, I think he's best mates with Klopp, isn't he? And and, and Klopp is, is similar with his his kind of approach to um the, the the energy the intensity he wants to have the fittest team in the league he wants to have the most aggressive team in the league he wants to have the most competitive team in the league these are the things that um you know he said on his <clears throat> unveiling interview which i thought Darren Eddy did a brilliant job of um and i i i don't know watching the behind the scenes his first day at colney and 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 all, you know, there hasn't been that much media yet really for us to get our teeth into and get a sense of the guy cuz obviously you're, you're hungry to try and understand who who it is that we've appointed and what what the era might be you don't necessarily want to wait for the games to come until you get get that sense of the of the bloke but i love the an early observation is and this this is kind of answering elizabeth's question i, I think what may have done it is the energy with which he gives to answering questions from Paddy, Michael, Darren Eady, whatever, the thoughtfulness 
with which he sometimes, a couple of times I've seen him stop and rephrase something because, no, I want to actually make sure I get this answer right. And obviously I know he's doing it in another language, but if he's that, if he's like that with something that he contractually has to do the bare minimum of, and we've just seen a year of what the contractual bare minimum looks like, monosyllabic, bollard-like, then I just wonder if his um, conversations with the players are therefore similar. I mean, you, you can't guarantee that you can draw a line between the two, but if he is that thoughtful and he's, he's taking his time and trying to make sure he's getting the best out of that answer and that interaction and that engagement, you just, you just can't help but be infused and motivated. And one of the things we talked about when we first found out about Wagner was we hope that he gets hold of Dowell or Nunes or Campwell. Obviously this is pre the, the Campwell Rangers stuff. It was pre that. Um, we hope because we basically need a 10 or some other kind of creative midfielder attacking outlet to really, really run things and drive things. And maybe to initially he's done that with Kenny from a kind of go back and, and build things up. You know, maybe he gave him some DVDs of David Fox. Um, and likewise, you know, he, he's maybe done a similar thing with Dow. said, I love, love seeing what you, you, you're, you're providing in training and maybe looked at some old clips of him and said, I, I want you to, to play with this kind of freedom. If he can get a tune out of Onel Hernandez, and you know, huge respect for the industry and the the pace and the power that Onel's got, but if he can if he can find a way of getting him into positions where the the shot choice, the shot cross choice, is more often the right one, and the and the quality of that shot or cross is more often good. I mean, he really is a, a miracle worker. Is unfair on Onel, but you know, everyone knows the issue with Onel. He gives you unbelievable amounts of industry, and he is a problem to deal with. And he's the last person you want to face in the last twenty minutes when you're tired. But you know, sometimes he chooses the wrong option, and often what he does choose flies over the bar or flies across the box. So if he can try and do with him what he's done with Dow, then by giving him that enthusiasm and energy, and really thinking about how he can help his game, that would be a great test of of him as a coach. That was almost how the first goal cropped up though, wasn't it? On on Saturday was enthusiasm and energy yeah. and just kind of bundling your way into the box. And then I think it, you know, it somehow broke to Sarah who was on the floor and, and just kind of clawed it to Pookie. And then of course Pookie does Pookie things and, and just, you know, slots it calmly into the net. But it, it feels like that might be the plan a bit now. It's just right. Let's overload just to get numbers in the box. And we never really did that under Smith or if we did, it was kind of last 10 minutes yeah, of the game yeah. and Hanley had gone up front and then we yeah. we were just going to pump it or something ridiculous. But it it feels more chaotic than that and slightly more simplistic, but also a little bit more nuanced as well because you've got creative types up there and they're not just stood in a line just waiting for the yeah. something to happen. They are moving around. And I I just think that's maybe because these players are being given license, you know. So there's no no one can doubt the fact that Kieran Dow had or has loads and loads of creative talent and, and knows what to do in terms of finding Pookie and, and actually is always going to be a threat in and around the box. But if you haven't got runners and the style of football is just a bit garbage and predictable, then he's going to struggle in, in that kind of setup. And the fact that, you know, we we are now going to have an abundance of options and, and actually Max and Dimmy out wide it, it is going to spread the play, but is also going to, make it more difficult for for people to predict is is of benefit to to everyone you know in, in a Norwich shirt but I did want to touch on Max and I, I know we've we've kind of given him some kind words but that was as good as I think I've seen Max play 
since 1819 maybe he that really reminded me of that performance against I think it was Sheffield Wednesday away when yeah. we won 4-0 and he was just unplayable and it, and it felt like that Max had re-emerged and we've said plenty of times on this pod that he's regressed and actually isn't the player he was feels like that's maybe coaching and he, he just needed to be let off the leash again and, and he has and look at the kind of fullback slash wingback that we've got off the back of that is it's brilliant. I think one of the main things that Farker changed in the second season into the Premier League was stopping the fullbacks being uh, start starting in as advanced positions when we had the ball. So starting with more of a back four rather than a back two, then kind of finding a way to play it diagonally to the fullbacks. And I and, and I, I think um, Max's ceiling has always been there. Uh, it's just he hasn't regressed as a with his ability. He's just regressed in terms of the performances he's been able to put in. Hmm. Anyway, question. Another question? Yeah. Another question. We right. On so the, there are two people that have, have asked along a similar vein. So it's Richard, um, at, at Richard242 on Twitter, um, and also Nick Hayhoe of the Along Come Norwich Parish has asked around butter pies. So Richard has said he just thinks there needs to be some butter pie chat. And Nick has asked if butter pies are better than Donner pies. Now, I have to admit, I've never experienced a butter pie. But, Fionn, I'm imagining, given, you know, judging by your Instagram, that you are a bit of a pie and pint connoisseur, that, you know, you will um, you will be able to talk with authority on this subject. Yeah, I can talk with authority on this subject. And I did have a butter pie on Saturday. Uh, it was a uh, part of the motivation for going, I have to say. Um, so a butter pie, for those that don't know, is... Uh, a a pie a pie a pastry case with a lid and it contains um, potatoes and butter and probably some salt and pepper and I it might have onion in I yeah, don't know I, 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 I think it's traditionally I, has onions in as well I didn't know, it tasted a bit like it had onion in but I couldn't see any anyway it's a uh, it's a Lancashire specialty and they sell them in the ground at Preston um, and yeah it's just uh, just one of those things to try before you die. I think it should be on one of those bucket list things. Anyway, yes, I had one before the game, uh, and it, it set up the uh, set up the afternoon perfectly. Nice. Um, what was Nick's question? A butter pie or a donner pie? Correct. I've never had a donner pie, but it sounds horrible. So I think it's got to be the butter pie, hasn't it? I mean, I think Nick must have put it up there because he's a fan of those pies. But you know, I'm sure he'll he'll inform us in the group chat post pod of um yeah what a donna pie well i think we know what a donna pie is but you know the the benefits of a donna pie tom ever had a butter pie uh i haven't no um been, been to deep dale got cold up there but not not didn't uh partake so i will uh have to add it to my list of culinary bucket list items <laughs> um, we also have norwich fan gegenrechts um who asks this is really getting away with ourselves would Wagner Ball be more successful in the Premier League than Farker Ball? Tom, kick us off there, mate. Uh, yes, if it's got the um, playing stuff. I mean, so sorry. Um, no, not necessarily more successful. I, I think it has exactly the same level of ceiling as the Farker Ball. You know, he, he didn't have the tools to do it first time round. Um, second time round, he had money spent, but as we talked about on the last pod, when we talk, went through those 18 kind of Premier League signings that 
Weber has made, only three of them you would still say would make this team better or should be in the first level of this team. So um, I, I think that intensity levels, 100%, it would put us on a par with the way that some of the kind of lower top six and middle eight of the Premier League try and play at times. Um there are lots of phases in Premier League football where you have kind of periods of high intensity and then periods of control because obviously tactically it's a lot more adept than, than what you get in the championship. Um, so, yeah, maybe we could muscle it with the big boys a bit better with, you know, with that kind of high intensity and, and making it more difficult for people to play up. But I mean, the, the challenge you've got, playing really high-pressing football and trying to limit space if you've not got players who are physical fast enough and just purely big enough in terms of size to plug those gaps, you then make it very easy for the team to just play around you, especially if you're playing a team with really, really high level of technical ability who can just play triangles around you and play out. And then if they've beaten your press all of a sudden, they're charging down on your back four um, with no support from the midfielders because they've all pushed up to press. So, yeah, I, I think I think maybe, yes, slightly better chance but it completely depends on are we going to get some Atanasio cash um, if and when the, the, the time comes this season, next season, if it ever happens. I, I just think un, until recruitment is solved, any of these questions around suitability for the Premier League, you, until un, until we, unless we know the answer to the recruitment question going up, it's, it's almost irrelevant which manager we would have. How or what did... Uh, we probably none of us know the answer to this, but what did Huddersfield's recruitment look like when they went up? Because the the obvious comparison here is that you know Farker has gone up and failed fairly miserably with his brand of football. Once because of a you know a lack of investment, and you know the second time, as you just said, Tom, you know because we signed well, stinkers for you know for the most part. But Wagner has taken a, you know a team or a bunch of misfits up into the the Premier League and kept them there. But I don't actually know how much was invested in that team and whether um Dean Hoyle at Huddersfield you know did pump a load of cash in you know what um, I can see you frantically googling now probably but you know what was the level of investment when did they go up was it 17 17 18 I think did they come down 17 18 16 17 they went up yeah can't, I mean, can't quite remember that's something we'll look into for the next pod because it's it's not it's never that easy to just see a concise list um and it looks like over that period of time oh they had rob green 1718 um you know they had people like um danny williams and laurent de poitre from porto oh, they signed alex pritchard didn't they yeah pritchard to help so them get up. up um so yeah tom ince was tom ince was signed um so it's it's look it's a it's a it looks from the uh, very very quickly just looking. It looks like they had a similar issue in that most of those players are not playing Premier League football now, and it's not that long but, ago. But Wagner was able to keep them up for a season, so I think to answer yeah. that question, I think is probably yeah, it might have a slightly better chance at least in the infancy of of you know when you're beginning you know, your Premier League stay. I think the key one they signed that that the, they won the playoff final, and then the signing they made that summer was Aaron Moy. Yeah. Um, mm. And then he was basically the key one in that in that first season where they stayed up. Um, it just all went through him in midfield, wasn't it? So yeah. And you know we we've we've found that in when we've been in the Premier League, if if you you need a, a really strong player in that position, so yeah, I think I think like Tom says, it's it's recruitment, isn't it? 
yeah, yeah. And, 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 and hopefully we get that right yeah i mean you, you have to you know you there's two different ways of doing it you either have a big spend in january and really um kind of turn your season around in in the the kind of february march april period of busy fixtures in the premier league or you do a kind of um what i think Huddersfield did and brighton did and you and sheffield united did and brentford did so probably the more successful way of doing it you you start the season with such momentum still um, and you basically rack up enough points to get you to twenty twenty three points before Christmas. You know, get get yourself over halfway so that you're, you know, so that by by Christmas time you are maybe thirteenth, fourteenth, and you're not. Yes, of course, you're looking over your shoulder until you get to forty. But if if you can pick up three or four wins in those first seven eight games, rather than you know like the Norwich way, desperately thinking when's the first point going to come? When's the first? You know. Yeah, but then nineteen twenty, that didn't happen, did it? We did get off to a relatively good start we beat Newcastle you had the Pookie hat trick we beat Man City yeah it was almost injuries that did us that season you're right yeah. if we had have been able to establish that momentum off the back of the those VAR you know, seismic results the Tottenham yeah, VAR absolutely. goal that would have yeah. continued that so we, we were on track you could argue for that 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 model which is you basically do do you do your staying up between August and December and then you know Jan like was it Watford who um, recently, who no, I think it was it was Brighton, wasn't it? They basically uh, went on a long run of not getting a point uh, for ages. No, actually, it was Southampton, wasn't it? It was Southampton. They basically were were doing really really well, and then they went on something like a nine ten game losing run. But they effectively still didn't end up anywhere near the relegation zone because they basically done all the hard work in in the first three four months. I think that is, I think it's it's important to set the narrative. Particularly for a yo-yo team like Norwich, you know, if 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 we don't get off to a good start in the first four or five games, it's then oh here they are again, you know, yo-yo team, yo-yo specialists again. What are they doing here, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So you almost have to say no, it's different this time in your first few results to 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 set the narrative for players, pundits, so the exterior noise is not piling on, and fans to think oh no, actually we've we've actually given ourselves a fighting chance. Like you almost need you know, six from your first 15 to, to, to help you believe in that. Yeah, no, I quite agree. Well, let's have one more question. I mean, I know everyone's answered this already, but I'm going to ask it anyway. It's a little bit of would you rather from Phil um, on Twitter who asks, apparently Dan Juma's looking for a new club. Um, he's offering, he says, we can have him if Pookie goes the other way, would you? And I mean, look, the logical answer would be Dan Juma is a talent who's probably, you know, in his mid twenties and could pro- could give us levels of service for many years and would be a creative force. Um, but Pookie needs to get to a hundred goals, and like, of that there is no doubt. So Phil, I'm definitely going to say no chance because will we remember Dan Juma in? 20 years if he gives us 18 months of service and maybe gets us near the Premier League, or will we remember Pookie's 100 goals? And it's it's definitely going to be Temu. Fionn, what do you think? Yeah, uh, I completely agree. I'm I'm far too emotionally attached to uh, to let him go in some kind of swap deal. So it's it's a no from me. And yeah, it was it was so nice to see him enjoying himself again. And yeah, that fourth goal was just uh, vintage vintage Pookie. So um, yeah. He's uh, he's not finished, etc. No, <laughs> yeah, nice pun. Uh, yeah. I I uh, I completely agree uh, with everything that has been said by my aforementioned colleagues. 
And I think as well that Pookie with a smile on his face maybe gives me slightly more hope that he might sign for another 12 months, regardless of whether we get promoted or not. You know, if if we continue in this vein of swashbuckling football, you know, and it is attacking and we are feeding him and he's scoring goals. Yeah, maybe he might get a move to the Premier League if he's available on a free, but I don't know. He must have some sort of emotional bond with Norwich City as well. He's been here long enough. He gets it. He gets the football club. So, you know, hopefully new contract for Pookie, new contract for some of the other ones that we might like to see re-sign. Um, and yeah, everyone will be ready to go on the Wagner bus. Well, thank you very, very much, Fionn, for giving us some first-person review insight. Really appreciate you joining us this lunchtime. Punt, I acknowledge you exist, and we will enjoy watching those guaranteed three victories. We all went for a victory um, on Saturday, so there's probably no point in even following the game. You just you know, just wait for the table to update Saturday evening. <laughs> Mind how you go.